This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. And our podcast is entirely supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make this show each week. And this week, it's a huge welcome to Mike Gorman, who's joined the Bobby Stokes tier. And Phil Horstrup, who's joined the Mick Shannon tier. And Phil dropped us an email. He says, I'm a head teacher in Dover. I've been a season ticket holder since 1995. I attended my first game whilst at Southampton Uni in 1992. It's the 3-2 home FA Cup replay win over Bolton with Barry Horn scoring that thunderbolt he says I instantly fell in love with the club there and then every home game is a 232 mile round trip from my home in Kent which probably certifies me as insane keep up the good work Phil thanks for getting in touch Phil Uh, if you fancy joining Mike and Phil I'll have all those details on the way shortly and coming up this week on the podcast it was our fifth 2-1 win of the season at the weekend with the victory over West Brom gonna review that game and after the international break it's a trip to Huddersfield Town Rich from the And He Takes That Chance podcast is going to be on later to give us the insight on the opposition. My name's Martin Stark and I'm joined by our regular contributors. Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Steve Grant is the owner of Saints Web and Alfie House is senior Southampton reporter for The Daily Echo. All underpinned by our TSP patrons. This is episode 251 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Now, before we get into the football, just the regular shout for our Patreon community. Their monthly contributions do support the show. We've got four tiers, ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks, like access to an ad-free version of the podcast. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merchandise. There's the TSP FPL and access to our TSP events, plus loads more as well. Now, if you want to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash total 
Notes podcast for more details. All the links are in the podcast show notes and the YouTube description. And we're doing a virtual meetup for our TSP patrons on December the 7th. So get that date in the calendar, 7.30 in the evening UK time. The official invites have been sent out to all the active patrons in our James BT, Francis Benali and Mick Shannon tiers. So check your inbox for that one. Let's get into the football then, shall we? The goal was late, but not late by recent standards. Saints making it eight games unbeaten for the first time in 10 years. Uh, 2-1 the final score against West Brom. Glenn, when we previewed this one, we said it was going to be one of the tougher tests and so it proved to be really. Uh, yeah, after listening to the lad last week, I thought we were going to be playing the second coming of peak Barcelona with um, managed by Pep Guardiola in his heyday, but uh, it wasn't pretty at the end. I, I felt at the start, you know, having got the, the fast start and scored after five minutes, I thought we you know, this was going to be the game where we, we pushed on because we really did look by far the better side in the first half. West Brom didn't really offer anything much. But um, to be fair to the lad last week, he was he was correct in his assessment that they would sit in and, you know, deny us space and not let a lot get through on their goal. And, and that was the case. We didn't work the goalkeeper at all for the rest of the first half. There was a couple of very tight offsides that on another day could have been different. Uh, just like to say, I like the fact that the ball got played through, the linesman's flag went up, gave offside, we got on with it. Mm. It was none of this, could have played, you know, he could have gone on, stuck the ball in the net and it, last year we'd have been waiting 20 minutes for it to be disallowed. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it was quite nice from from that point of view that there was there was no drama and we, we, we just got on with it. The only other thing that's worth mentioning really about the first half was what looked like a very blatant shirt pull on uh, Mason Holgate when he went up for a corner. That that was that was the only real sort of like thing I was sort of vaguely complaining about at half time. Second half started, not a lot happened really. And then the small bone injury happened and he made what was, I thought a bit of a strange, bit of a brave substitution to make at the time, bringing on Ryan Fraser. I thought, bearing in mind we were still winning, Shay Charles would have been the obvious one. But uh, brought on Fraser, we kind of dropped Stuart Armstrong a little bit deeper and West Brom kind of took over at that point and scored their goal uh, whilst we were trying to make subs to... Um, probably correct what was uh, what was going on. But, um, you know, we hung in there. A couple of chances for West Brom, and I literally turned to my son and said, um, I'll take a point here. I'll quite happily take a point here. And 30 seconds later, we scored. So um, it was it was, uh, it was was interesting the way that, that played out. Um, it's just Adam Armstrong doing Adam Armstrong things in that he hasn't done very much at all in the game, but he pops up and scores a goal. It reminded me very much of the QPR game earlier on in the season where we were ahead in that one. They pegged us back. We weren't great, but we, we got over the line at the end with a late-ish goal, sort of 80 minutes in that game as well. Again, Adam Armstrong scoring. So uh, it was one of those ones where it it, it wasn't brilliant. Um, I don't think West Brom are going to make it that sort of game. It was never going to be a brilliant performance up against them. Tough team to beat. And um, yeah, I think we we rode our luck a little bit, but got there in the end. And that's uh, that's all you want at the end of the day. Not a game that will live long in the memory, I don't think. But uh, but yeah, three points and uh, on to the next. Three more points, yeah. Um, Steve, you kind of felt that West Brom worked us out a bit, didn't you? Just before the, the interval and then they kind of grew into the game and, and that second half was a very different story. Yeah, I think the five, ten minutes before half time, you could you could kind of sense the, the wind was changing a little bit and they were showing a little bit more intent and also they kind of figured out how to how to get around our midfield um which i think was always going to be the always going to be the key in games like this they found themselves with a 
with an extraordinary amount of space in the middle at times. And I think it was Holgate that got that flick header on the on the shot just before half time. Where if they'd gone in gone in one all, having not really offered a great deal, then I think we'd have probably been a little bit more concerned. But then you come out come out the second half and we kind of we actually weathered the the sort of usual worry point of the first fifteen minutes quite well. I don't think I don't think they created anything in in that period. But then, as Glenn said, Smallbone goes down down with an injury, and all of a sudden we kind of lose our shape a little bit um, for a while. Gives them a lot of space down the flank. Um, in fairness, that was a brilliant cross um, for, for their goal. goal. Mm. And and they, I mean, let's let's be fair. They also they also get a lot a hell of a lot of luck where the ball hits the bar and comes down right at the feet of of the centre back who's who's just following it in. I mean, let's let's also look at. I mean, that if that had been us last season, um, whoever was running onto that would have trod on the ball and it would have gone out for gone out for a goal kick. <laughs> um, such was the way our luck was going. So yeah, Jay Adams, it, you mean? Yeah, well, someone would have done it. It's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those where he's he's basically trod on the ball and it's gone in the right. It just happens to have gone in the right direction. But from there, we yeah we we looked we looked ropey for probably another five or ten minutes. It's it is it is indicative that we still have these sort of ten fifteen minute spells in us. Um, the fact that we've kind of shifted it back fifteen minutes is handy. But <laughs> another, another half an hour to go. <laughs> yeah, but but then we we kind of got. A, kind of re-established a bit of a little bit of a grip and although the the goal did did kind of come out of come out of not much we'd mm. we'd applied a bit of pressure but not really forced them into into any sort of real last ditch defending and yeah just a fairly fairly bog standard cross into the box um a little bit of a flick on and not quite sure how adam armstrong's got that much space at the far post and a good finish and then it's kind of backs against the walls, really. We're trying to play on the break, but not quite making the right decisions, um, which invited them back onto us. But in fairness, um, and despite obviously a little bit of a makeshift um, makeshift defence with Bednarek's suspension, we held out. And I thought Holgate was excellent. Um, mm. Harwood Bellis took on the role of of the yeah. organiser and was absolutely fine. It was it wasn't it wasn't the issue that we thought it might be. And Bazuni pulled off another great save at the end. Um, not sure he knew it, knew With too much about it, but, <laughs> but, you've, yeah. but you've, you've got to you've got to get yourself in get yeah. yourself in the position, and he, and he did that. Um, and you kind of, I think, in those circumstances, you make your own luck a, li- a little bit. Yeah, um, Alfie, I think he described it as a, a slightly different way to win. After, how would you sum up that game yesterday? What were your thoughts? Um, well, I think up until the winning goal, I'd have said that the, the performance was. It was pretty poor, to be honest. I think the first half, I actually felt quite comfortable. We we were speaking in the press conference room at uh, halftime with a couple of the guys working and they were sensing that sort of nerve, sensing the wind change, like Steve said. I felt pretty comfortable. I felt that the first half was relatively under control, but, um, you know, the game was won in the end by a defence of the box rather than a, a domination of the pitch or anything like that, you know. Um, there were so many more balls into the box than Saints would have been used to this season. And like I say, Howard Bellis and Holgate did stand up to that test. Um, so I think that, you know, People like Flynn Downs, Carwell Peters, James Bree, while they not might not have done anything wrong individually, I didn't think it was their best game as a team because you know, the, the box just wasn't defended at all. There were so many entries into the final third. But what I will say is, you know, Holgate obviously stepped up to the task, as you've said. Um, mm. Russell Martin said at the end of the game that he's, he's going to have to be ready for his next chance now. So I think that 
the implication is Jan Benrek will slide back into that team. That'll probably be the one yeah. change again next time out. But it's nice to know that he's there and that option is available. And I suppose maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off Jack Stevens as well. Um, and also, obviously, Ross Stewart coming back was a was a nice moment as well. You know, didn't have to do much, wasn't asked to do much, but I thought he looked sharp, um, looked lean. I think he, Ryan Fraser was probably aiming for him with that um, winning cross as well. And like Steve said, it, I don't know whether it's got a touch or not, but it was his contest that was you know, edging the ball across to armour. Um, and there's going to be a training game during the uh, two weeks break as well. So Ross Stewart will play hopefully 45, 60, 90 minutes in a training game and then he should be ready for um, Huddersfield when he come back. That's good to hear. It was good to see him um, get on the pitch, Glenn, and it kind of gave the crowd a lift as well, didn't it? It was that moment when he came on and everyone was like, okay, I'm not sure he's going to be playing out wide on the right uh, week no. in, week out, but it, it just gave no. everybody in the stadium that boost and, and he looked he looked right, a couple of nice touches. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about him. I mean, we know he's he's not your archetypal big lad up front who you, you know, hit with long balls and he holds it up. You know, he's we know that he runs in behind and stuff like that. And when he got you know, shifted out to the right wing because I guess it was either him or Che Adams that had to go out there. Um, you could see why Stuart was the man who went out there because he is obviously quite quick. Um, there was one sort of, he was playing it very conservatively. He wasn't sort of like pressing when um, West Brom had the ball. He was, you know, making sure he was in position just in front of Kyle and, uh, you know, doing doing what he had to do. Um, but there was one bit where he did get caught forward and he absolutely hammered back to... Um, to sort of slide into a tackle, so uh, so yeah, he he worked hard, and I you know I think you're right. It did it did um, lift the crowd. I think because you know everyone's hoping that this is the guy who's going to turn us from a very good team into an excellent team in the context of this division, and um, just to see him on the pitch gives it gives everybody a lift. I mean, it, it's a while ago, obviously, but you know when you sign an injured player, that that's that's the way it is. But to get, a, you know, we're getting a new signing in November, which will hopefully give us a bit of an edge going into the Christmas games, and it, you know, it can only help. And um, I, you know, it was enough of a cameo, I think, to um, certainly to get me very interested in when he um, plays his proper position. Um, I, I'm sure it'll be from the bench to start with, but uh, I imagine the next time he comes on, it'll be as a as a central striker. And uh, hopefully we'll see a, a glimpse of the player that we think we've got. I was going to just ask Steve, do you think, are we any further forward in knowing where he's going to come into that side and who he's going to replace? Or, or are we going to have to change the shape of things up front? I think ultimately he will play through the middle, whether, whether that's on his own or... Or with somebody else. I mean, I guess we'll find out over time. I th- I think the way that the way that we've kind of almost stumbled upon the the midfield combination that we've got now, if those three, I mean, obviously Smallbone picked up a knock yesterday. We don't know how serious that is, but if those three become kind of the regular fixture with Shay Charles swapping in and out as and when, sort of with the uh, sort of fitness side of things mid-game, mm. then you've only got three attacking positions and two of those seem to be largely wide I think so yeah I would I would see him down the middle and we might I mean if he if somebody else comes if you're going to play Armstrong alongside him then actually he's probably going to play slightly deeper maybe sort of playing almost kind of effectively play two tens but then but then you leave out the wide the wide players and we've been so kind of reliant on those players at various stages this season. Obviously, the the winning goal um, yesterday came from across from from one of those wingers. Uh, Fraser's obviously popped up with two crucial goals coming off the bench in that position as well. Sulemana has been kind of, I mean, he's been for the first hour of games, he's been involved and then tails off. 
Gilbert has been a key player for us because he occupies so many defenders. It just gives us space elsewhere on the pitch. So I don't I don't think I can see a situation where we're playing with two out and out strikers just because we give up so much elsewhere on the pitch that we're good at. And still conceding the goal again, um, Alfie, I think I read yesterday we've had one clean sheet in our past 29 home games. So it, it, it means that there is still something to work on going into that to that international break. And, and it's still, there is just that little, that rick that we've got at the back that, uh, that the clean sheets are a few and far between. Yeah, I mean, I think the people that would be most annoyed about that would be obviously Gavin Bazunia in the centre-half. So we knew that going into the game. We haven't learned anything new from that. You know, we know that they're going to be goal shipped. Um, so I... It's not something that's like, you know, a revelation. I'm worried about it. They're going to have to tighten up a little bit. But I think with Yang coming back in, I just see the the entire team for me, it's just, it is gelling. It is getting tighter. They are conceding fewer chances on average. This one yesterday, I mean, you know, Albion and be buzzing because they did win the XG battle quite heavily, um, as Total Saints podcast tweeted yesterday. Um, but I'm not overly concerned. That's not new information, um, I wouldn't say. And the other thing, Glenn, I mean, fourth place, just going into the international break, uh, I think like a point behind Leeds, Leicester dropping some points. You would think that Ipswich maybe don't have the squad to go the distance. I don't know enough about them to be fair, but we've got some some good options and a, a good squad. And, and and where we were when we had those those four defeats, you kind of go, we're in a really good place going into this this international break now. Yeah, we are. I, but if you want to, I, I think we've probably changed our focus. I mean, after the four defeats, we were probably like, okay, playoffs at best. And mm. and now we're out eight games along. You're at you're at the stage where you're thinking, well, why not? You know, I think it's really funny that Leicester have lost a couple of games, and they're um, if you look at if you look at Leicester on social media, they're beginning to get a little bit tetchy, which is just really funny because they're the they're the closest to the um, Man United of the Championship. You know, thinking they're brilliant, but they're not really. So um, so yeah, it's yeah, why not? You would hope Ipswich would not last the course, given that they've just come up from the from League One, but we did that. You know, ten years ago, mm, whatever yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, we we stayed up the top the whole season. So they'll be thinking, why can't why can't they do that? So it's, uh, you know, I I don't look too much at the at the league table. I'm, just, I'm more concerned at the moment with us keeping this run going. But having lost four games in a row, I don't know how many you can realistically lose. Probably only lose two or three more. Um, yeah, well, in an average you, championship if, season, I've done the maths. It's about eight or nine games you can lose and still go up on an average season. What automatically? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's not there's not too much. You know, we've given ourselves not too much margin for error given mm. given that. So we you know we have to keep the run going, and that's that's one of the reasons why I thought you know even if we get a, even if we got a point yesterday, that that still would have been good enough. And the fact that Leeds are one point ahead of us now, or, you know, and it might have been three if we'd drawn, then it doesn't really matter. We've just got to try and outlast these teams, and and uh, you know the way the managers sort of making decisions at the moment and the way the, the squad players like Ryan Fraser and Mason Holgate are coming in and affecting games, you've, you've got to think we've got a, got a chance of keeping it going. And then, you know, you've got Ross Stewart to come in. So it's, it's all, it's all positive. And you've got January as well, you know, with them. Um, and, mm. and you'd think that we would have a bit of money to spend. I guess we'll talk about it closer to the time, but you know, where would we need to strengthen to, um, to give us a, a better opportunity of, um, of actually making the, uh, the automatic places. But, uh, yeah, interesting times, and uh, yeah, the league league table. If you want to look at it, looks decent at the moment. But I'm I'm more interested in the fact that you know we're keeping this run going, and and even though they are 
mostly narrow wins, we are finding ways to get over the line. Mason Holgate was announced as the man of the match in the stadium. We mentioned him um, a bit earlier on as well. Obviously a contender for the TSP Player of the Week. Anybody else that has stood out for you this week, Steve? Anyone else, any other names you want to chuck into the mix? I mean, Harwood Bellis um, was very good defensively as well. Midfield, I think kind of everybody contributed. I don't think there was anybody who was who was bad. And yet, actually, I don't think anybody stood out as being particularly brilliant either. Um, everyone, it was kind of kind of a seven out of ten performance from everyone in that position. I want to kind of say on on Holgate, I mean, and the whole concept of us announcing man the match before full time when we're winning by one. Mad. Yeah. I mean, you're just tempting fate, aren't you? You're fu- you're yeah. fully expecting him to shank one into the, into his own top corner um, in the ninety third minute when when you're putting that sort of announcement out. So let's let's keep the full time, please, lads. <laughs> but yeah, Harwood Bellis. I mean, Adam Armstrong got got the goal, but yeah, I mean, his relatively quiet contribution but I thought it was it was interesting that um Glenn mentioned the the offsides in the first half that he was he I mean again like at Millwall last week he still makes those runs mm. um and I was quite surprised that West Brom played such a high line um I was expecting them to defend very deep and and not give us not give us any space in that position but they were quite happy to to try and play the the offside trap obviously worked well for them but on another day is is as Glenn rightly said, he might have uh, might have got away with one. Well, we'll put Adam Armstrong down as well. Let's uh, let's get your saying then, Glenn. Who would you say? Yeah, I would have said uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis as well, mainly because he stepped up to the leadership role at the cent- uh, in the centre of defence, and he adjusted and played the left side, which is where Bednarek has been playing. So Harwood Bellis has been playing on the right primarily, but uh, I think it was a uh, it was a good thing to put Holgate in a position where he he sort of obviously feels most natural what i liked about holgate as well he's, he's obviously a bit of a wind-up merchant you know you, you pick pick it up from social media that he's got a lot to say for himself he's obviously very confident you know you've seen him with the the yellow hair and the, and the silly colored boots and all that stuff mm. so he's mm-hmm. he's he's obviously not not short of confidence and he's he seems to be a, a bit of a lightning rod for winding up opposition defend uh, opposition players as well um which is all i mean it worked out for him yesterday it didn't work out so well the game at preston where he he got in a fight with the centre forward who then scored and made him look a bit of a mug, but uh, no, it was a press press with Holgate. But I think Holgate was allowed to play well by um, Harwood Bellis being prepared to uh, lead the defence and step across the left hand side. So uh, yeah, okay. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The first game back after the break is a trip to Huddersfield. And to help us preview that one, Rich is going to join us now from the And He Takes That Chance podcast. Hi, Rich. How are you doing? You are right? Yeah, good guys. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, thanks for coming on. I mean, a 92nd minute winner for Hull um, last time out. That, that must have hurt. We've been on the wrong end of those. We've been on the right end of those. And it, it's, it's never great, is it? Nah, but I mean, when you just kind of come part of the bus, we had three touches in the opposition box in 98 minutes of football yesterday. So, unfortunately, uh, if you're going to set up like that... Darren Moore effect. Yeah, if you're going to set up like that, you've got to get it done, aren't you? And uh, it's really strange because, obviously, I don't care whether someone's got 98% possession and 50 shots on target, if you lose in injury time, it still hurts. But, oh, mate, we're just uh, dreadful. But, yeah, Huddersfield's got so many problems at the moment. I mean, yesterday we just set up uh, not to lose. A lot of damage done. We played Leeds there two, three weeks ago and they were 4-0 up at half time. Uh, we were fearing eight or nine. I think we, we took 3,500 fans. Uh, I'd say 1,500 left at half time. Never seen anything like it. People just piling out of the gates, didn't want to come back. And unfortunately, that's Darren Moore's gone into his shell then in the next two games. Was, but we have to be fair. But we've got a limited squad anyway, but, you know, we uh, it's kind of just like damage limitation at the moment. So we played Watford the week after. Ideally, that would be a great one to get. They're not obviously pulling up any trees, but, you know, we're down at the bare bones. We're talking bare, bare bones. A guy called Kyle Ludlin, uh, but you've seen him six foot nine, played Solio Moores. He's like... Honestly, it's unbelievable, you know, but the transfer window has been desperate. So, yeah, we just set up there. And then yesterday, all I knew what when I got my ticket, I knew what I was signing up for. Just backs to the wall, 5 4 1. To be fair, we frustrated them, but like it's, we didn't trouble their keeper all afternoon. And to be fair, they go were a bit unlucky, but it's just how it is at the moment for the shield. And January can't come soon enough. The biggest problem that we've got is uh, I think there's eight or nine games before then, so we're in big trouble. And so you think there'll be some some players coming in? I was going to ask. I think it's one win in your last ten. I was, what what is it that that's not clicking? Is it the manager and, and and the setup, or is it injuries? What what's what's not happening? Well, I think the, if you've got to look at last season, incredible. We were doomed. We were absolutely dead and buried when Matt Fodden left us. Obviously, Neil Warnock. The rest is history. But there's your wake up call. You know, there you know, the squad ain't good enough. Players aren't good enough. We got out of the mire at the last minute. Do something about it and the window's been awful uh our best signings well i say best signing has been so poor ben wilds uh a guy who uh i think vincent company wanted to go uh to sign at burnley i think he's medical uh fell, fell down on medical reasons or something like that as well but yeah we got him from rotherham but he's been awful as well and uh we're just lacking uh we were quite solid to be fair and we've had <laughs> under darren mother we've had some beatings we lost by four at birmingham four at leeds but I mean, when he sets us up like yesterday, but it's just goals win games. Obviously, when I watch you guys, uh, threats all over the pitch, you know, goals galore, you know, just a matter of who we picks really. And that's what for us, it, it picks itself. So, yeah, real doom and gloom at the moment. And uh, honestly, it's quite incredible that there's three teams worse than us. But <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, thank God, Rotherham. But I do think QPR will start to fly wins a bit, a bit soon. So I'm trying to look above who can we pull down Plymouth. But the window's massive for us, I think if we don't get that right, and, and to be fair, history tells us we don't, we're not right good at doing that, apart from that uh, amazing season the other year under Carl's Corber. And, uh, yeah, uh, and again, I'm afraid uh, it's frustrating because Darren Moore's a nice guy. Obviously, you've seen him on telly, he comes across really well, but he's just not got that charisma. He's dour, he's a good brummy, 
don't really get the fans gone. But it's a bit similar to the like the Alex Ferguson effect really at Man United. Whoever followed Neil Warnock, it was always going to be an impossible job. Because whatever he does, Gareth Moore can't win. And, and obviously the controversial circumstances how Warnock left the club earlier on in the season. Mm-hmm. People are he needed to hit the ground running. Uh, the only performance he's really put in, we've had. Uh, we beat QPR. We're really lucky in that game, to be honest with you. They should have at least got a point. But we played it switch and uh, 3 3, good game. A bit out of sync, really, with our uh, you know games this season. And uh, But they got like a 90th minute equaliser, too. But after that, I must admit, I'm, I'm a positive guy, even though you wouldn't believe it. Then last five minutes of his speaking to you. But it's. <laughs> I'm going to give Darren Moore the benefit of the doubt. But it's. Uh, well, I honestly think whoever you got in, it's such a difficult job. And I think Warnock were kind of clever, really, because although he went and made a bit of a new hour about it at the time, I think he knows he's got out really at a good time. Because to me, he should have been moved on in the summer. If, if the club are going to do that, I kind of got why they wanted to keep him there, save pair of hands. But if you're going to do that, you've surely got to keep him for the season. But the club kind of to pull rank. But again, you know, they're saying, well, you know, they've got to look at, he's got to look at his players out before January. But kind of playing Russian roulette, really, I think. A guy who get pretty much would guarantee your championship safety, Neil Warnock, has gone. And you've given it to a guy now who's got such a tough job to do. But I can't emphasize mm. It's all about a January window. But unfortunately, January's still there. Uh, I don't want to wish my life away, but I haven't bought the Christmas presents yet. But it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> So just looking ahead to the, the Southampton game then, I guess it's going to be quite a defensive setup and, and just try and nullify the, the threat as best you can. Is, is that, yeah. that right? That's kind of like my taking uh, point. <laughs> Yeah, disappoint. I think so. The only thing is, we're, there's one or two players back, probably that we'll have back. That uh, players that maybe can hurt you, uh, someone like Josh Caroma, who's on his days, you know, one of, one of the best uh, around, really, uh, as well. Danny Water, you know, is a bit of a stalwart, really. He's been around a bit as well. He, he he's been out long term, and, and but I, I wouldn't say like someone you would fear. But all I'd say is that they're probably t- guys who would start. So they were on our bench yesterday, but obviously with these new benches this year that you've got, where you've got so many players on you. You've got people sitting on them who's not you know, about 10, 15% pitch, which I think we had yesterday. So, yeah, I think this is the frustration thing now, uh, Martin, because, like, obviously, oh, you want to chill you want to put your best foot forward. But to be fair, Darren Moore, I think if we'd have gone at all yesterday, as open as we did at Ellen Road against Leeds, I think we'd have been taken apart. So I kind of totally get it. And we couldn't have a worse game, really, with you guys coming. I think, as, as, to be fair, the fans, kind of got the defensive approach even against Watford because we were so down the bare bones. It was incredible. We were playing like defenders in midfield and things like that. We've got, like I said, about Kyle Hudson. It's incredible, really, to think he's leading our line. So the fans bought in that and we scraped out on nil-nil, but we're awful to watch. Yesterday, we're awful to watch. And, yeah, you never know. I might surprise, but I, I, no, I just think it'll be exactly that. Maybe we'll just sit in there. But it's not what you want to see on a Saturday afternoon, is it? But I'm afraid that's where we are at the moment, mate. And, uh, again, I always think now, like, with with you guys, I think Leeds as well, and uh, I know it's a bit negative, but we relegated teams Leicester. I think I think it's eighteen points. I don't think you're going to get many in that, in our position, so you're kind of writing it off. But yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a bit doom and gloom up, up here, really. Unfortunately, we took we had a new owner as well that's come in, but he came in so late in the window, to, to, you know, and he brought in a new CEO and director of football. So it's almost like the narrative from the club is: look, let's get through to the end of the season, you know. They, they kind of think Darren Moore is their man and yeah, you know, next next small deals. But I'm just looking around at the moment and yeah, I'm desperate for someone like Plymouth. I, I can't believe Coventry can be as bad as this for much longer, but I suppose it's still down there with us. And uh, yeah, I think Warner could have guaranteed you uh, safety. Will Darren Moore? Oh, not at the moment, but 
Not so sure. The windows keep. So sure. Yeah, I, I, obviously the Southampton game. Honestly, so many people I know that are just not interested in coming, and they've got season cards. You know how it is. We have to be seen it in our club, uh, probably over the seasons and stuff like that as well. But I think it's one of those if you have a go. But ugh, the trouble is, I, it's hard to criticise him sometimes because. You go fire with fire with you. We're, we're talking four or five on the show, so yeah, it's going to be dig in and hope we can frustrate you and maybe nick something from the set piece, but not good. Okay, Glenn. Just um, in terms of Saints and their setup for this, is it going to be a case of who gets through the international break again? Because we've seen these things before, haven't we? With uh, with players coming back from um, from games and, and not being ready necessarily, and and that that could unsettle us a bit. I don't know if. Um... Anyone's like Charlie Alcaraz going to South America or or anything he like is, that yeah. in this. Um, he's so he's he's going to South mm. America. So he better back might in be, the Poland squad, yeah. isn't he as well? Yeah. Well, Charlie Alcaraz, if he goes, that might be your answer on the Ross Stewart question. So you know he might he might come into the team. So it won't necessarily be um, uh, a you know a bad thing. Um, and we've got the squad to cope with it. So you know I would imagine seeing the way that we're going at the moment, he'll want to keep it as close to the same 11 as he possibly can. But um, yeah, there's always a, there's always a chance that someone will come back from uh, international duty, either tired or injured. But, uh, but no, I think, I think we'll be in, in decent shape. I, I agree with what you're saying about um, Darren Moore. Um, I was, I was surprised we spoke to Sheffield Wednesday first game of the season. And, you know, everyone was talking about that, playoff game they had where they were scored five goals in the last 10 minutes, whatever it was to, um, to, to make the final. And that was, I, I was surprised that the Sheffield Wednesday lads were basically saying that was very much the exception and that he is a, he is a very pragmatic manager who, and having seen, you know, you played Hull who are probably the closest in style to us in terms of they want to keep possession and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and, you know, a bit of research before this, I saw the the five four one, and I expect it was more of a five four eighty yards one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised with 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 Darren with Darren Moore that he's um, he's playing that way, and I, I fully expect it to be exactly the same. So the, the key for us will be, you know, like against West Brom, though for slightly different reasons. Um, early goal is key. If if we get the early if we get an early goal like we have tended to do in quite a few games, then. Uh, then it will hopefully be comfortable. But you you can never tell. And if you've got a big beanpole giant guy playing up front, then there, there's always a chance on the on the set pieces and things like that. So we just have to have to look out for that and uh, and do our own job. But if we do our own job, then we we should have too much for Huddersfield. Um, as you say, the you know getting relegated from the Premier League and having the the squad still intact um, that that we've got. Um, we 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 should have too much about us, Phil. But uh, but yeah, uh, so quite confident on this one, Alfie. You kind of hope that he doesn't spend the week overthinking it and changing things like he has done during international breaks. But of course, Russell Martin going to be watching from the stands for this one. So is he going to be sent next to you? Oh, do you know what? I'd like to suggest that to club. I think they probably have their own media <laughs> team do that first. Yeah. Um. So I think the bookings he's picked up, obviously Middlesbrough, 
um, and Gillingham as well. So I didn't realise that Gillingham won county, but I asked the club and they said it did. So I suppose it's part of the FL Cup uh, competition. And I think they brought this free yellow card rules in this season. So I've seen that Pep Guardiola had one a couple of weeks ago and now Eric Ten Hag is banned for the next game as well. Um, so I think it's just a way to sort of stamp down on managers um, just kicking off a little bit. But I thought that Russell Martin had a, a very good reason to kick off um, yesterday's game, to be fair, because you know they he wanted to make that triple change before the corner. They refused to let it happen mm. and they conceded from the corner. He was bringing on three big lads as well. And then obviously the one that Steve uh, pointed out to me on Twitter uh, with the foul on Walker Peters in the box um, when Charlie Alcraz is breaking as well. So I felt he was well within his rights to be a bit aggrieved about that. But yeah, he, well, he'll be in the stands. I imagine assistant Matt Gill will take the game. Yeah, I can't believe that Carl Hudlin is playing up front for Huddersfield, I'll be honest, because I covered Eastleigh for two years and with the club's media team. And I watched him a couple of times for Solihull and he's never scored goals. And I think the most he had is like seven, eight or nine in the National League. He didn't score a single goal in half a season in League Two or League One. So the fact he's starting the championship team is really interesting to me. I mean, he is the English poor and you have to just without the goals. So um, if he's the, the striker we're facing, it'll be a very interesting test. But on a on a similar on a similar note, I saw Brandon Thomas Asante playing for Sutton United mm. in the National League um, about four years ago. And now yesterday he was starting up front for West Brom and looked quite looked quite sharp, I thought. He was he he, he's, decent, not score, yeah. he's not gonna score many, but mm. he's he's a threat. I saw but Thomas um, hasn't he? He's in the Welsh national team now. I can't mm. remember who he plays for. Yeah. He's yeah. He's lost his place as sober in the, in the team. It? The only thing is, I think Danny Ward will probably be fit by the time it's another 13 days, obviously, to oh, begin. Okay. So I think mm. he'll probably line. I think Udlin will probably go back. But you're so right, Alfie. It's you can't knock the guy for effort mm. and endeavour. It's a massive step up the pyramid. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not going to get you many goals. And I think this is one of those classics where someone so big don't win much in the air. As yeah. Obviously, <laughs> you know, but this is the thing. He needs most. The, the big thing is that Neil Warnock bombed out Jordan Rhodes, who was scoring goals for fun again mm. in Buddhist League One in Blackpool. And I think he's run his race at Uddersfield, but obviously there's a big clamour, you know, why they got. I, I think this is the problem now. Anything that's going wrong, it's well, the other thing shouldn't happen. But I think Jordan Rhodes is, again, he's a different type of striker as a service guy. Yeah, I think we're really needing some kind of to kind of hold it up and bring, bring players across because Thomas has kind of been playing at mm. central a, a lot of the games and stuff. He's probably been our best player this year, Alfie, but he fell out. Uh, with Matt following him well, we did last season and then he ended up on loan at Blackburn. So we, to be honest, I thought that'd be last we'd seen him in, but he didn't really work out there under John Dow Thomas. I think he fall out with him again. He's a bit of a he got a bit of a temperament at Thomas, but on his day he can do stuff things and uh, you know it's good with set pieces as well. So mm. we've got one or two weapons, obviously not compared to yourselves, but it would it would need to take so much for us to go right to even get get a point. But but you know, sometimes when you're in a stadium fearing the worst and, and things, sometimes miracles can happen. That's why we love football in it. But obviously, you never know, do you? You never know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for a score prediction in a minute, so I'll give you a minute or two just to think about that. Steve, have you done? You must have done Huddersfield away before, have you? We've had a few games um, in in sort of recent history there. I seem to remember. Did Obafemi score? And um... yeah, we had a we had a three one win there, which I think was the Saturday before Christmas few years back in in Huddersfield's yeah, I mean, two year um two year spell up in the up in the Premier League. Um yeah we won that one fairly comfortably I think and then it was an it was a horrible nil nil was the other one I think. Yeah. We beat you Steve that promote that season you went up uh under yes. Nigel Adkins that and, and Ricky Lambert and that that kind of era. Yeah because because uh, we that's... played we played very early didn't we at, yeah. at, your, at your place I, and you did us two yeah. one and then I think I think we won we won the Return game at St Mary's quite yeah, comfortably, easily, yeah. but yeah, I mean that. I mean that 
going back to that season, you had Lambert and Rhodes both scoring 30-odd goals in the season. It was just, yeah, proper proper good competition. It's mental that Jordan Rhodes is still playing at, I was thinking that, at a go. decent level, mm. I think. You'll get us all reminiscing and mm. uh, and talking about mm-hmm. the olden days. Um, so score predictions. I mean, Alfie got his first three-pointer this week oh, um, well. since, I think, episode 233. We checked the records. It was since May um, with the, oh, I think the 3-1 loss against Brighton. <laughs> I think that was yeah. the last one. Uh, I mean, that should tell you, Rich, how bad um, our predictions are and uh, and how we always get these wrong. So, um, given that, Alfie, I'll give you the honour of going first this week. Yeah, well, I, uh, as you, I, I mean, think we're... if you're going to play the numbers and the percentages, it has to be a one-goal win, right? And it has to be 2-1 as well. But, but given everything that we've been saying today, I'm going to go strong. I'm going to say 4-0 Saints. Okay. Um, Steve? I mean, I think we should win. Everything kind of being equal points to that, I think. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite that comfortable. We'll find we'll find a way of making it making it fairly close. But away from home, we've looked, we've suddenly started keeping the occasional clean sheet. So That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, two nil, I reckon. Glenn, is this going to be like a, another Rotherham, or we're we going to be all right? Can I go before Steve in previous weeks? Because he always <laughs> says the same thing that I'm about to say. So yeah, just do we to do yeah. alphabetical I mean, order next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I was going to go for the. Um, I was going to go for the clean sheet as well because um, I think with Bednarek coming back and um, and having had a bit of a break, I think we'll be um, we'll be pretty solid. So I was uh, I was going to go two 0 but I'll I'll go for three just to be different. But uh, no, I yeah I think two 0 and relatively comfortable. But uh, stick me down for three. All right, and and Rich, a score prediction before we let you go. Yeah, I think we'll have nil uh, to our name. <laughs> 2-0, really. It's as much as you want to do, I think, really, on the day. But, again, I think the crowd will get behind anything that's effort and endeavour. But you need more than that against you guys. But, yeah, good to speak to you anyway. Really good to get you on, yeah. And and, and I hope they turn things around and uh, we'll catch up again later in the season, if that's all right. Yeah, when we come down there. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Nice one. Cheers. Enjoy your podcast. All right, see you yeah, later. Cheers. A couple of other bits before we finish. I've been teasing this uh, TSP FPL update for about four or five weeks now, and I finally, I've got it here in my hand. I must point out the caveat is this is uh, correct Ready as update. of the end of <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've had a busy day. Um, so the top five in the the patrons, uh, the FBL, uh, in fifth place, it's Birdmen of Alcaraz, uh, which is Alex Hart, who's in California, uh, with 668 points. Uh, missing Ralph FC is fourth. That's Finn McAvoy with 670 points. Tied uh, in fourth with Relegation FC, which is uh, Richard Breton. Uh, third place is our very own Glenda LaCour. Oh, go on, Glenn. So Come on. Right. <laughs> um, second is All Saints. That's George uh, Galpin with 682 points. And currently at the top of the pile, uh, as of the end of the day yesterday, the 11th of November, Atletico Danbury, which is uh, Chris Fincher with 721 points. How's Steve getting on, man? Well, just in terms of the panel, um, at the moment, Glenn is uh, obviously sitting pretty in third. Alfie is top 10, seventh, oh, nice. uh, with 660. 60 points. Ben is in 10th and then Steve is currently 16th with 625 points. But there's only, I think it's about 50 points between the four of you. So um, I would say, uh, yeah, a long way to go yet. So there's your little uh, FPL update for you. I don't know if anyone caught the women's result as well today. This was kind of like a top of the table uh, game. 2-0 defeat to Charlton. Could have gone top. Um, dropped down to fourth. Um, looks like Saints had their chances but, but couldn't finish them off. It's going to be another tight league that one, isn't it, Steve? Yeah. Um, Sunderland looked like they were on a bit of a charge, but they got pegged back at home by Blackburn today. So, uh, yeah, really tight. I think it's three points between four teams at, 
at the top there. So yeah, long long season, plenty of work to be done though. We've yeah we played played a couple of the teams around us at home and got beat both times. So yeah, need to need to get back on the on the scoring trail really. Uh, the other big thing this week is the Football Content Awards in Liverpool on uh, Thursday night. We're all full of it at the moment. Um, if we don't win, then you'll never hear us mention it again. <laughs> are we all set for, for Thursday night? Glenn, have you got the acceptance speech drafted mm. and the shoes polished? Are you, are you looking forward to it? A trip to Liverpool? Got the got the acceptance speech um, written and the song about Deja and Lovren that I'm going to sing. If we win, no, I'm not. I'm really not. Um, no, so yeah, we're all ready. I tried, tried the suit on. The waistcoat mm. doesn't fit. It must have shrunk. Um, hanging in the cupboard, I guess. Um, but no, looking looking forward to it. I'm just going to go with the attitude of it's it's going to be a laugh, win win lose or draw. Uh, maybe we could have a, a a prediction. You know, we can we can win gold, silver, bronze, or bob all. Mm. So uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe put something on the prediction as to where we're going to finish. That'd be nice. There are ten podcasts in our category, including some that we've um, we've sort of like had on TSP this year. I think Middlesbrough. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, so there's a, there's a few from the Championship, a few from elsewhere. So, uh, oh, the Hull and back, uh, yeah, yeah, no, podcast, that's ad. that's on yeah. the list as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're going up to Anfield to um, hopefully not get our obligatory heavy defeat, uh, but <laughs> yeah, we're just just going for a laugh really and see what happens. Must be nice, Alfie, to have a trip to Anfield and not have to worry about working mm. and, and writing it all up afterwards. Well, you say that, but you want us to do some vlogging and stuff, don't you? So we're not completely off the hook. <laughs> we'll have a few things to do that evening. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We've, I mean, the first thing that you bombarded me with when I joined this call today was, where am I sitting in the front or the back of Alex's car on the way up? So the producer's car. So we'll have to sort that out, Glenn. I mean, he thinks that Glenn thinks because yep. he's older, he gets the front. But I, I think that because I'm longer, I should have the front. So if anyone's got any thoughts on that, um, do let me know. And, and music for the journey up. Steve, you're travelling up on your own, aren't you? You're not getting involved in all the, the car share shenanigans. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit out of the way of everybody. So, uh, yeah, train, train up from London for me. Let the train take the strain. All right. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. There will be a podcast next week, by the way. So I know there's the international break, but for TSP 252, we're going to be talking about that night, uh, win, lose or draw at the Football Content Awards in Liverpool. And we're going to be taking some of your questions as well and putting them to the panel. So if you want to get in touch, uh, don't forget you can follow Total Saints Podcast. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. It's at Total Saints Pod. We're also on Instagram and threads where it's at total saints podcast and as you'll know if you're watching the podcast on sunday evening we live stream tsp every week to facebook twitter twitch and youtube we do enjoy hearing from you and your thoughts throughout the week so you can either drop us a dm on any of the socials or you can get involved and you can email us it's total saints podcast at yahoo.com if you have something to share uh, we're also on patreon we mentioned this at the start that's where you can support the podcast with your monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast there are four tiers ranging from five pounds to twenty pounds per month each of the tiers comes with different perks including some shout outs for the patrons in our francis benali and our mick shannon tier so thanks to dave melton mark atkins andy hollis matt hall anthony thompson saints in exile gavin ford james harron nikki nicholson southampton ny and drew dyer who are in the francis benali tier and also to colt baker dave ernsberger ed busy nick higston phil cook matt rose nick reed paul stewart and phil horstrup who are in our mick shannon tier um thank you steve thank you glenn thank you alfie good luck on thursday Day night. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you again next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.